Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shlach. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Shlach contains three mitzvos, two positive and one restriction. You have at the end of the parsha the mitzvah of challah, of separating and giving a part of the dough, the part of your baking of bread, to the Kohen, and the parsha concludes with the mitzvah of tzitzis. Parsha Shlach is one of the most difficult parshios in the Torah, and I have to probably apologize, because every year I begin the discussion of Parsha Shlach with the same apology. This Parsha only gets harder from year to year. Namely, the question that hits us as to how could they, how could they reject Eretz Yisrael? Many different answers are suggested uh, along those lines, or to answer that question, but I would like to share with you what I find a most fascinating, intriguing um, uh, understanding of the Nitziv, and I believe that it's his, uh, his meaning, his message is exceedingly meaningful to us, especially today. If I were to ask anybody what was the consequence of the sin of the Maraglim? So you're going to answer me correctly that, number one, the generation that left Egypt, if you were 20 years and older, if you were included in the count at the beginning of the book of Bamidbar, between 20 and 60, that generation did not enter the land of Israel. The women who were not included in that count, they did go in. The Levim who were not included in that count, they did go in. That is your correct answer to the consequence of the Maraglim. Yes, the Maraglim died as well in a horrific plague. But I'd like to share with you a most fascinating nitziv. Moshe, in chapter 14 of this week's parsha, when the people cry after hearing the report of the spies, Moshe davens on behalf of Klai Yisrael, saying, Hashem, don't, don't kill them out. It's going to lead to Echil Hashem. The world is going to say that not because of their lack of faith in you, but your inability to bring them into the promised land, and that's why you destroyed them in the desert. So Hashem says to Moshe, Vayomer Hashem, solachti kidvorecha. That verse with which we begin each and every Yom Kippur comes from this week's parasha, chapter 14, Pasuk 20. It's the next verse that I'd like to focus on this morning. V'ulam, however, chai oni, Hashem says, I am taking an oath. V'molech vor Hashem And 
the glory of Hashem shall fill the earth. What does that mean? So Rashi says that Hashem is taking an oath by His name, and name means His essence. What is the essence of Hashem? That Hashem's glory should fill the earth. And what is Hashem's oath? Hashem's oath is that the generation that took, I took out of Egypt and have seen what I have performed for them heretofore and did not have enough emunah and bitochon in me, they will not come into the land. Good. This is the way Rashi learns this verse. However, I'd like to share with you the Nitziv. The Nitziv says, wait a minute, I want you to go to Parshas, excuse me, to the book of Yechezkel. And there in Yechezkel, chapter 20, if you go to verse 23, the Navi says, I also, referring to Hashem, raised up my hand in oath against them in the wilderness. For what purpose? And what was the oath? I swore at that time to scatter them among the nations and to disperse them among the lands. The obvious question is, where did Yechezkel get this from, that Hashem made such an oath to disperse the Jewish people into exile throughout the world? And, in addition, we find the same thing in Tehillim, Kuf Vav. Take out a Tehillim, 106, and take a look at the following verses. In Tilim 106, David HaMelech reviews the history in a very concise form as presented in the Torah. And he tells us very clearly, starting with Pasuk 24, that the Jewish people, unfortunately, in the desert, they despised the desirable land. They had no faith in Hashem's word. They murmured in their tents, they did not heed the voice of Hashem. Then he lifted up his hand in an oath against them to cast them down in the wilderness, and here goes, and to cast down their descendants among the nations and to scatter them among the lands. Odpam, where is David Amelech getting this from? That Hashem took an oath that he would scatter the Jewish people into exile throughout the world. Says the Nitziv so beautifully, what you have in Parshas Shlach is the following. The very sending of the spies at the beginning of the Parsha is a declaration on the part of the Jewish people saying to Hashem, we don't want you, Hashem, to continue this supernatural existence with us on such a high, profound level. Namely, in last week's parsha, you remember, we spoke about the three sins. What was the second sin? The second sin was the misonanim, 
They complained. What they complain about? They complained about having traveled three days in one day. It was difficult, challenging. Hashem meant it to get them to Eretz Yisrael all the more quickly. But they and the fact that they were punished for this complaint showed that oh my goodness, capital. H, he's listening to every word. We're judged on every movement. We can't take this kind of an existence. And so, if they had complete and total faith in Hashem, they would never have sent spies. Hashem promised Moshe at the burning bush that the land is a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a good land. We have to tell Hashem how we are to attack the people of Canaan from the north, from the south. Come on. Ah. The very fact that they said, we want to send spies, are saying, we want to have some control. Hashem, leave it to us. Okay. As a result, says the Nitziv, Hashem says, the purpose of man, and specifically the purpose of the Jew in this world, is to bring Kvod Shemayim, is to bring honor and glory to the name of God in this world. There was to be plan A. Plan A was Hashem would bring the Jewish people into the land and just by the rest of the world seeing the most unusual, productive manner in which this society is living, the whole world would know, the the word would get out that there is Hashem in this world. No other civilization in the world could work their land six years straight, and in the sixth year, instead of getting a very meager crop, in the sixth year, you'd have a bumper crop that would be sufficient to provide not just for that year, but for seven, eight, and part of nine. It's completely against the natural rules. However, it is Lamala Manateva. And this is what Hashem promised if we were only going to, unfortunately, if we were to keep the Shemitah. Unfortunately, we did not. The whole idea of Sazria Mitzora, that Hashem brought the various plagues upon the people, upon their clothing, upon their houses, all this demonstrates a relationship of God to His people, Lamala Menateva, which is of a supernatural nature. Had we lived that way, we could have stayed in the land of Israel forever. And the whole world would know, wow, just look at what is going on in that land. Look how Hashem takes care of His people. Look, there is Hashem in this world. However, they're rejecting plan A. Hashem, let us do it. They've already set the seeds right now for the time when they won't minimally comply with Hashem in His land, that unfortunately what's going to happen, and that's how the Nitziv understands the Pasuk in chapter 14 of this week's parsha, 21. Chai Oni, I am taking a vow, says Hashem. Vimolech vor Hashem es oretz. If it's not going to be kimitzion teitzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim, that the whole world is going to see what emanates from Israel, that I'm going to have to go to plan B. And what is the plan B? That you will be dispersed throughout the world. And there, wherever you are, the nations of the world will first appreciate you, 
and then be jealous of you, and then want to harm you and even destroy you. But as we say every year at the Pesach Seder, that behold over door, Omdim Oleinu Lechalosenu, they try, but Vakodesh Baruchu Matzileinu Miyadam, only by way of His Baruch Hashem saving us from all of the 70 wild wolves that want to attack the one sheep called Israel, the whole world knows the whole world knows that there is Hashem in this world. It could have been plan A, it turned out to be plan B. Plan B went into effect right now when they asked Hashem, let us send spies. We don't want to rely completely and totally on the supernatural manner in which you are leading us. I believe that this speaks to us in a very straightforward manner. These last few months, we've experienced something, a pandemic, that the world never saw before. With all our technology and with all our advancement, this came and literally taught us an incredible lesson. A lesson that heretofore had been but in the back of our minds. Of course, animamin bemuno shlema. Of course, I believe in the 13 basic principles of Judaism. Of course, I believe there's a God. But too often, when we would come to do our davening, basically, the davening consisted of Hashem, I have a plan. Hashem, I think I know how to do this, but please help me. Now that we see that. Rabos Machshavos Blevish, many are the thoughts of man, but it's ultimately only Atzas Hashem Hisokum. Now there's a plan B. The plan B comes, my friends, from Tehillim 55, whereby at the end of Tehillim 55, verse 23, David Hamelech says something very powerful. He says, Hashlech, which means literally, cast upon Hashem, Yehovcha, cast upon Hashem, your burdens, and Vehu Yechal Kalecha, He will sustain you, He will provide for you. But listen to the end of the verse, Lo Yitain Le'olam Mot Latzadik. He will never allow the faltering of the righteous. So you might say to yourself, Oh, a tzaddik, this is what Hashem is going to do. But I really believe what the Pesach is telling us is that by your putting your trust in Hashem, by your saying, Hashem, I know that you are the only one that can provide. You are Hazan Esa Olam. Not just that you literally maintain and support the world, but each and every one of us personally and individually, it only comes from you. This elevates each and every individual who has a greater degree of emuna, a greater degree of bitachon in Hashem. This elevates you then to the status of a tzaddik. Lo yitain liolam mot la tzaddik. Who is the tzaddik? The tzaddik is the one that hashleich el Hashem Yehovcha. That we have to, we're going back to shul, we pray, very, very soon. It's a different davening. It's not Hashem, please help me. Hashem, I recognize and I realize that you are the only one. It's all in your hands. I'm completely 
dependent upon you. It's such a different outlook. It's such a different perspective. Hopefully, through this pandemic, we have grown in our emuna. Our emuna has been stretched. Our emuna, our bitachon, has been much more pronounced because we recognize truly an ode mu'vado. May we soon, in, with his help, return to Abes HaKnesses and our tfilos will be, please God, a much more pronounced form of adhering and getting closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shabbat Shalom to all.